Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern. My name is Mush Hughes. And I'm Lee Northup. And together, we talk to makers and artists to learn more about the stories behind their projects and their creative journeys so far. Thanks for joining us here in the Tavern for Chapter 3, where all of our stories were told during WorkbenchCon 2023 in Atlanta, Georgia. Mark Robertson, or Mark Dot the Builder, is a woodworker in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and takes joy in growing the woodworking community and sharing the story of his process alongside what he makes. Mark was another person who helped welcome the new folks to WorkbenchCon, and we were immediately taken with his journey and the passion with which he shares it. We caught up with Mark early in the weekend to learn more about him and how he got to be doing what he's doing now. He tells us about how he got his start learning from and then teaching to his grandfather, how he helps grow a mindset of asking versus earning, and where he finds the positive in being different. Welcome back to the Tavern, Chapter 3, WorkbenchCon 2023. Friends, we're here with Mark the Builder. Um, we met him this weekend. We're really excited to get to know him a little bit more. Mark, welcome to the tavern. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, tell us just a little bit, little bit about yourself, what you do, how you got to be doing it, and then let's so, me in there. So, my name is Mark, Mark the Builder, like Bob the Builder, just with a lot more swag. <laughs> and how did I join the woodworking community? So, when I was in high school, my grandfather and I, we built a house together from... Well, we turned it from a three-bedroom house to a five-bedroom house. We added upstairs, downstairs. So that initially started the passion. Um, So I did that with him. And then I went off to college. Um, I played collegiate basketball, full scholarship. And then once I graduated, I bought my house. And I was like, what a great time to, to pick this back up. So I picked it back up and slowly just started tinkering things. And it took off. And I was just happy that my audience were enjoying the passion with me, enjoying the learning experiences, learning the, the failures, what worked, what didn't work. And I was just happy to, to share it with my audience and kind of just show if I could do it, you can do it also. So let's go back to kind of that first project that you, you undertook, like a huge project. Oh, yeah. And yeah. with who? Like, talk me through how old you were and like what you what you were like when you went into that. Had you okay. been building things as a kid before that? Or is that um, just something you were like, man, this is a big project. I don't know what I'm doing. So my grandfather started it and then I just kind of wanted to spend time with him. So it just gradually gravitated towards that. Okay. He's working on a roof, so I see a hammer, and I'm like, Grandpa, what's this? And then he'll explain, and then he's like, all right, you can try it. So I started trying, and I'm like, okay, it's not fun. And then I think <laughs> the, the success of completing a task is addictive, mm. and that will just carry on to other things. So when you, know, when you have that completed project, that uh, feeling you get when it's complete, you feel accomplished. So it makes you want to just keep going, keep going. That's where the addiction comes in. And I'm addicted. I'm hooked. So I wonder how many people started with their grandfather. Like, And mm-hmm. my grandfather, if people have listened to previous episodes, people know that my grandfather was a huge inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. Like, going, He was a World War II guy, like going down into his basement and just messing around with his like tools and you know things like that and just watching sometimes I would just sit on a bench and watch him make mm-hmm. stuff and it was it was fascinating um, so as like were there different tools that you got into you talked about the hammer like where did he make stuff like what kind of tools were you getting into as a, okay. as a, as a kid 
Um, he actually let me play with a lot of dangerous tools. <laughs> I was young. He let me do use the miter saw, but he he did it in a. Now that I'm older, I understand he showed me the proper way, and then kind of just let me discover on my own. Right. And without losing a finger. Yeah, without losing a finger. And then now it's to the point where he do things and he calls on me. So now the the student has became the teacher. Wow. And I even I rag him on this all the time. Grandpa, hey, I'm I'm the professional now and you're <laughs> you're the student and he has no problem with asking me, hey, so how would you go about doing this? And you know it's multiple ways to, to get a job done. So it's just bouncing ideas off each other and learning from each other. It just makes our bond a, a lot better. And that's all. That's so cool that that he was able to to just fall into that that give and take relationship mm-hmm. of it's it's okay to not know everything. Yeah. It's okay to yeah. really learn from the people that you're teaching. We, Lee and I are both teachers, and that's something that like I lean into a lot. Um, is I can't know everything. I don't want mm-hmm. to know everything because mm-hmm. that's boring. So I'm I'm excited to give him just enough to to get him going, and then see where they take me after mm-hmm. they get to there so that's awesome yeah. i love you talking about kind of that discover word so your grandfather set you up with the tools showed you like the basics mm-hmm. and i mean i think that's a lot of what mush and i do uh, if it's my son i'm not as or my daughter i'm not as worried about mm-hmm. them because you know what if they injure themselves in my garage it's like it's on me it's mm-hmm. on them it's on our family yeah. um that discovery piece in a student-led shop becomes a little difficult because mm-hmm. I want to let them figure out tools, mm-hmm. but again, not make sure that they don't cut off a finger in the mm-hmm. process because that's not going to be good for my resume. You yeah, know, yeah. like I need to keep my job. Um, so as you're as you're doing things, how do you promote that discovery in the people you're working with? Like, do you use some of grandpa's tips? Um, always safety first. And I have kids of my own and it's, I use some of the things where, all right, I'm not as, um, my grandfather wasn't as safe as I am. <laughs> and I, I just feel like maybe it's a little bit of the generational gap, but uh, make sure, one thing I, I'm very big on is filtration in my shop. Okay. Mm. My kids love hanging out with me, so I don't want them in a shop where it's dusty and all that stuff. So I have like the best filtration, the best dust collection, just for their lung safety. I have all the eye safety protection. I have kill switches, so when I'm not in the shop, if they happen to go in there, tools won't cut on. So it's you, you gotta be cautious of those things, whereas your family or not, you still just need to be safety first at, at all times. Right. So what school did you go to for your basketball? University of Maryland. Oh, yay! <laughs> I'm a big Terps guy. I graduated. Yeah. I was, um, my master's degree is from University of Maryland. Okay, that's so, great. Um, yeah, I grew up in Chevy Chase, Maryland. Uh-huh. Um, spent a lot of time at College Park. So yeah. that, that's cool. I did so, not know you were you were yeah. a Terp. That's that's great. I'm, I'm from New Jersey. I went to college in Maryland, and then I live in Dallas, Texas now. Awesome. So, as you, it's neat to hear kind of that pause in your building. So you started with Grandpa, like mm-hmm. taking on big projects, and then you you did the college athlete thing mm-hmm. for a while. Talk about like getting out of college. What was your first job and how did making become kind of part of that? So my first my first job is I'm still I'm still at the same job. So when I graduated college, um, I got a job working for Wall Street. So I create applications for the stock market that handle the stock trade. So what I do, that's my career. It's um, it's fun. It's okay. It's not as rewarding as woodworking, but I work from home. So when you're sitting at a desk all day, you're, you're kind of just thinking like what I could do to get some of this energy out. 
And that's where I started gravitating more towards woodworking. So I work my nine to five, and when I get up, it's to the shop I go. And that's where it's like, I could be creative, I could have fun, I could be who I am at that, at that moment, so. So we were talking to Jared Geddes yet last night, and he's another guy that like has this incredible, just like you, this incredible woodworking passion and following and all of those things. But he's a Boeing engineer, mm -hmm. you know, during the day. And I wonder how many people here kind of have that, like, this is my day job and this creative release mm -hmm. of woodworking or resin or like whatever, wood turning, whatever it is that they just like, it's neat because I can picture you sitting at a desk doing Wall Street apps and just like, <laughs> but in your brain, it's almost like a cartoon in your brain. There's, just you know, saws. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're waiting for the time, waiting for the time to get over. And it's like, okay, now I can go to the shop. And then, yeah. But like, how does I, this, I'm getting weird here for a second, but like, how does that make you a better professional? How does it make you a better dad? Like, how does it make you like mm. that, having that creativity in your life? Do you think that impacts other parts of your life? Yes, it impacts, like, for instance, my kids. My kids, my my youngest son, he calls me Mark the Builder. Like when he he like <laughs> Mark the like he, he used it as a joke. He you know as a, but it's cool because he knows who I am. He knows that Mark the Builder is a brand. He he knows all of those things, and it's just kind of gravitate because it's something that working for my nine to five is it's not mine. Mark the Builder is right. I could pass that down to my kids. Um, my oldest son he wants a, a, a video game, so he picks up great habits now where he don't ask me to buy the video games anymore. He comes to me, Dad, what can I do yes. to earn yes. the, the money to get these video games? And when he came to me with that, it was like a, a huge proud dad moment sure. that he's seeing the hard work that I do. And it's not like he wants to ask me for it. He wants to earn it. Just those, the difference between asking and earning is like a, a huge father's success. And I, I appreciate that from him. And what's neat is the stuff you're doing with your hands, mm -hmm. the kids can actually see. Mm -hmm. Like the kids can visualize like, my dad is making things with his yeah. hands and therefore generating revenue, mm -hmm. um, generating income, and so therefore he's able to do more for us or more with us yes. or whatever. Um, meanwhile, I'm sure your Wall Street gig is pretty much paying the bills, yeah, and he, but he they does, don't care, they don't he know. He does not talk about <laughs> it, he does not know. He, he'll see me sitting at a computer and he just thinks I'm, Working still with Mark the Builder, and I'm like, no, this is the job that pays the bills. <laughs> Mark the Builder is just some, the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hey, I hopefully when he get older, he realized that Dad is gonna make it happen, and it's something that just it he has to do also when he gets to that point. I love, absolutely love the story of that he looks at the things you make and he wants to do that. Yes. Um, we at school just started an entrepreneurship program where we're trying to teach these kids like, make something cool and how can you monetize that? Yeah. And I don't, it's, it is a slippery slope between monetization and the joy of making. And I don't want these kids, I mean, so many people have, you know, have shops and online commerce and stuff like that and we're selling stuff and sometimes that'll really suck the love of making out of it, mm -hmm. especially if you're just mass producing the same yeah. thing, the same cutting board, the same project, the same map, whatever. Like, um, but I love the fact that your kid is looking at that saying, I can make stuff yeah. and I can make money from that. That's cool. So for instance, um, Valentine's Day has just passed and most schools have you, you know how you have to make the Valentine's Day boxes where all the kids drop the cards in. Yes. And most of them use shoe boxes. No, not, not your my, kid. <laughs> not my kid. He said, dad, let's make a box. And I'm, I looked at him and I was like, just, it just, my heart was just smiling. And it was like, come on. So we cutting wood, we nailing wood, we're painting, and we're just 
bonding and spending quality time together. And it was like, you know, it's like those are the best memories that you can make with your kid, doing something that you enjoy, that you're teaching him something, and he's actually into it. Right. So it's something he'll never forget, just like I don't forget working with my grandfather. As you're telling those stories about you working with your son, I'm thinking about my grandfather um, and the memories that I have of working with him are the only ones that I really have. Like, I mean, I, I can visualize like meals or mm -hmm. like, you know, being in the same house or going to the store with him or whatever. But like the memories that I have literally sitting in that dim workshop, yep. watching him do those things. Like those are the memories I have of my grandfather and really the only ones. Mm -hmm. um, so how about tools? Like, do you have special tools that you know, something that your grandfather, like that you used to work with him or something that, that you have that you're like, this is, this is his and this is special to me. So my grandfather uh, is a big craftsman guy. Mm. Back in the day, craftsman was mm -hmm. a lot bigger than what it is today. And they made great tools yeah. back in the day. They, so, I'm sure there's still some good stuff, yeah. but. So he gave me a drill and it was corded and it was loud and it was outdated. And, um, you know, I upgraded to battery tools and all that stuff, but I can't let this go. So I cut the cord off of it and actually tied it up, and it's hanging in my, my shop. And it's as a keepsake as it was my first drill, my first tool. My grandfather gave it to me. He basically ignited the passion. Yes. So it's, it's a definitely a keepsake that I always want to keep. What a cool symbol of what that is and, yeah. Yeah, and how he ignited that stuff. That's, yes. that's great. Um, you make some amazing things. What's something that you've just totally like just lost, like you just did terribly? And you just, do you ever fail? Does Mark the Builder ever have epic collapses? It's um, a good question. I, I have. And I can go in a different direction if you want. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about. I'm trying to think of an epic fail that I have. I, I don't have too many of them that I, I don't cover up to make it <laughs> to make it look, you know, presentable still, and, and I kind of forget about it. But I, I always have little challenges, and I just try to work through them. Um, awesome. That's a good question. You, you got me stumped on that. But okay. now you're going to have me thinking about that. Well, if you come back to it, just okay. just let us know. And okay. it could be at the bar tonight. Like okay. it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be right now. So the other thing, and we talked to our last guest, we talked to Shara about this too, is Mark the Builder does not fit the normal like demographics of a lot of the maker population, right? Yeah. Okay. How do you, how do you leverage that to, to bring that to more people? How do you use that to um, make other people comfortable with making, to make other people be like, listen, I don't always look like everybody else, but this is something I'm passionate in. This doesn't have the right, like making is not about the gender or the size or the no. color or whatever no. this is about the human being and about the creative spirit yeah so i'm just wondering how that like kind of um how that, that sits in you at first when i first started coming to conferences like that it made me stand out first and it made me a lot of brands wanted to work with me so they can bring their their tools to a different audience right and that's one thing that i have versus most people at conferences like this i have a entirely different audience and the audience is interested in finding a passion so if I can show them a passion and be like wow that's cool he's doing it he's having fun maybe I should try it and and with that ability it's like I get so many things that mark you inspire me to, to get this tool to actually try it or you inspire me to not not be afraid 
it's, if you could do it, I could do it. And that's one thing that I want to inspire just everyone, but especially the minority community who, who's not exposed to these type of events, who's not exposed to tools, who, who may have not had a, a parent around that even know how to use a tool. It's like, okay, let's, let me try to educate someone that this is cool. It's not a nerdy thing to do. My favorite part of that is so many people look at differences in like, hey, but I'm uncomfortable and this isn't for me or mm -hmm. whatever. And they put that in a negative light. When I asked that question, the first thing that you came out with was a positive. Like mm -hmm. I came in as somebody that looked different mm -hmm. and companies were drawn to me because mm -hmm. they're like, hey, yes, he's not in that particular, like he doesn't look like everybody yeah. else. And that's a reason that we want to work with yeah. him. And that's, I love the fact that you can turn that, like that your immediate thing was turning that into a positive oh, yes. because often being the, the person that doesn't look or sound or is like mm -hmm. everybody else is, is so often a negative and you yeah. turn that, you leverage that into a positive. And, and that's just how I am in my woodworking career as well as my engineering career. Um, they actually did, argue, I was one of the youngest minorities they ever hired. And with me do, being so successful in that field, it made them want to hire other minorities. So it's just something that when, when you're one of the first, you have to kind of stand on it and accept it and, and make it the best you can. You've got a responsibility. Yeah, you do. Not just for yourself, for, for everyone. you got to open the door. And that's one thing that I posted the other day was me being one of the first. Now when you walk around here, you're going to see a lot more minorities. Right. I personally invited them to this event as like, Man, it's opportunities here, it's something different, it's fun. You're gonna enjoy it. And they're flourishing, actually flourishing more than me. And I'm I don't care because I know that I opened the door and get in, and actually enlightened and I actually opened the door and showed them that this is cool, this is here, this is an opportunity for you. And it feels so good. I mean, as teachers, you know, and all of us sitting at this table are teachers, like we we get to ignite those things. And you're talking about, a, you know, your group of people yep. that you're like, hey, I'm going to ignite this passion of making yep. for people. And when you get to like kind of turn that kid loose or turn that peer loose or mm -hmm. whatever, turn that friend loose and be like, I just open your eyes to something that's yep. really darn fun. Like it's, it's neat to flourish, watch. Yes. And then it's like, wow we're winning. I don't care if it's you, but we're both winning. It's like, I'm happy that you're winning. It's like you took the opportunity and made the best of it. Everyone don't get opportunities and some people get opportunities and don't make the best of them of their opportunities. So it's best when you get it, run with the opportunity. It, it was funny. One of the first things that I have in my, in my show notes right here is the word swagger. Cause when I met you yesterday, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Mark, the builder has swagger. And like, that's just something you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And it seems some people, you know, it's a bit or whatever. And it's like, they're, 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 persona yeah. that's not you like i can tell that your fun piece and you brought that up you're like <laughs> i like to have fun i like to in the wood shop i like to have a good yeah, time like yeah. that's just who you are um how does that make you a better maker like um it, it doesn't and what <laughs> I, I say it makes me stand out it makes me different it mm -hmm. makes my brand pop mm -hmm. in a sense where you see i have my orange hat mm -hmm. you're going to always see that you're going to see the the bubbly personality that's just who i am no matter what time of day it, that's the reason that's my my it, that's my in, in a sense. There's a ton of amazing woodworkers here, but they don't have the swag like me. Right. <laughs> so, and that's what separates me. That was, I mean, that's the reason. I noticed that we were sitting right behind you mm -hmm. yesterday at the intro reception, mm -hmm. and I was like, dude's just got it. Like, <laughs> he's, he's bringing it, like, everything that you said, everything you did, the way that you act, and it, it's just neat that kind of, when I, I'm using this word way too much, but the creative confidence that, mm -hmm. that you have and you're bringing to the table, yeah. it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. And um, that, that's another thing I want to talk about, confidence. Mm -hmm. 
One thing I, I learned in life is if, if you're doing it wrong, if you do it with confidence, everyone's still going to believe you're doing it right. So anything that you do in life, be it woodworking or podcasting, coming in with confidence, you'll be successful. Mm. <laughs> That's how I got through undergraduate. Like <laughs> some of my presentations were just garbage. Yep. I, I did a um, philosophy of religion. I did a presentation on Rastafarianism, and I showed up with some Bob Marley music, and like I just I, I showed up. I really my content was probably about a C plus content, but I had this presentation and this to use your thing, man. I had a little bit of swagger walking mm -hmm. into the room and I acted like I knew what I was talking about. And I got an A on that presentation. And <laughs> I really didn't. I did not deserve an A and I got an A and I'm like, that was garbage. <laughs> that was a really bad presentation. But if you sell it the right way, mm -hmm. people are going to believe that you know what you're talking about. That's so true. That's so true. So here we are at WorkbenchCon and I know you've, you've talked about it a lot as far as um, these people and the, your friends that you bring in but what does this community mean to you? Like, yeah. can you talk about that for a minute? Yes, this is truly a community. Um, I, I look at it bigger than a community. It's more like a family reunion. Mm. And when I use the word family reunion, you have the cousins that you like, you have the cousins that you don't like, you have the cousins that you don't know. All of that is here at WorkbenchCon. And you have the cousins that you know, all right, I'm stuck on something. All right, let me reach out to here. Oh yeah, I can help you with this and, and offer you guidance. And that's amazing to have within a community. It's people that you can leverage, people you can lean on, and they can lean on you too. And, and that's just what this community brings. Um, I've been here, this is my fourth year, and I'm gonna continue to go. Uh, this, is, I, this is a staple in my calendar every year. Nice. And isn't it cool how these people, I mean, they're in the same field, like, mm -hmm. but there is, zero competition like nope. nobody would I can't even imagine a conversation where somebody's like talking about like being intimidated mm -hmm. or like competitive with somebody Jealous. else like yeah. yeah there's just none of that it's like yeah. how can we make Mark better like how it's, can we help motivation. Mark mm -hmm. you know you see someone who has oh they got this brand deal it's like wow okay I could do the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, now it's my turn. You know, right. it's, it's like, let me show that I can do it. And I, that's how I look at it. It's just pure motivation, pure love. And I'm happy when one of my peers is successful. It's like, yeah, the opportunities are here. The doors are opening. It's not just for you. It's for everyone in the community. That's great. It goes back to the not you, not me, the us. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the essence of, of the maker community, mm -hmm. which, is, which is cool. What's next for Mark the Builder? Um... Oh, that's a great question. What's next? Um, I, I kind of want to start doing more influencing. Um, and one of the things that I have an issue with is my social media presence. You see how I'm here having a conversation with you guys. I'm able to show my personality a lot easier, very easy. But on my social media platforms, uh, I have a difficult time doing that. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my challenges. That's what's next is to figure out a way to give my audience my personality more. Because you have so much to share, man. And I'm just picturing like, if you were in our shops with our kids, mm -hmm. they'd be all over you, man. They'd be like, dude, I want to learn from Mark the Builder. Yeah. Like you have so much, so much swagger, so much fun to share because you're enjoying what you're doing. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, a lot of your life is rooted in, you know, a very serious Wall Street job. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's cool too. It's not just all fun and games no. and woodworking for Mark yeah. the Builder. There's, there's this, you know, very professional, side of you but then when the you know when you 
whistle blows and oh, slide yeah. down the tail of the Listen, giant you get dinosaur. A whole different you know? person. <laughs> yeah, right? Here we go. You get a whole different person, and I love it. And it's like you got to be professional, you got to be fun. It's a time and a place for everything. That's so cool. Mm. Mark, thank you so much for these stories. This has been awesome. Uh, where can people go to, to find out more about you, keep up with what you're doing? Um, I am on Mark the Builder on all platforms. Mark dot the Builder on YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, Pinterest. Mark the Builder. Right on. Cool. Thank you. Um, in a second, we're going to ask you to lead us out in a toast of your choice. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Total Boat. Thank you, Total Boat, um, for helping make this chapter happen. We got these sweet cups. Everybody who's in the pod, this chapter gets a sweet, sweet Total Boat and Storyteller Tavern Pod Cup. So, pretty sweet. Okay, I'm going to um, toast you guys. Yeah, please. We're going to toast to the community. Yeah. We're going to toast to the woodworking family. Hopes it grows, prosper, and events like this comes, more events like this happen, bring amazing people together. And I'm happy you guys had me. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers, boys. Cheers. We just heard from Mark the Builder. We kept the mics rolling and recorded another round with him, which you can find at patreon.com slash sttavernpod. You should check out more about Mark and what he does on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, and just about everything else at mark.thebuilder, all of which are linked in the show notes. And that does it for this episode of Chapter 3 of the Storyteller's Tavern. We hope you enjoyed and will join us next time. But until then, you can find us on Instagram at sttavernpod or at sttavernpod.com. If you haven't yet, you can subscribe to this podcast and the podcatcher of your choice, where you're also able to review the show and give it up to a five-star review. If you're enjoying these episodes and want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash sttavernpod and sign up to become a patron of the show, which will not only help us make this show, but will also give you access to all of our Another Round episodes, where we sometimes let the mics roll for a little bit extra after we toast. All the stories in this chapter were made possible by WorkbenchCon and Total Boat. Check them both out online at workbenchcon.com and totalboat.com, respectively. Thank you both so much. And finally, if you or a maker you know have a story that you'd like to share at the tavern or just want to drop us a line, you can send us a message on Instagram or reach out to us at contact at storytellerstavernpod.com. But until next time, keep making cool stuff, do good, and be well.